Welcome to season four of Knowledge Cast by Ideals. We are excited about this season's guest, and you can learn more about our guests in this new season and previous seasons at jatwwilliams.com slash podcast. Did you know Jat is an author too? You can learn more from Jat through his book called The Question, a guide to answering life's most important question as he shares his personal journey that began in 1993 to determine the values, principles, and beliefs that would guide all aspects of his life. You can learn more about the question on Jat's website too at jatwwilliams.com. Now let's listen to an all new episode of Knowledge Cast by Ideals. Well, welcome to our fourth season of Knowledge Cast. If you're a regular listener, we're certainly glad to have you back with us again. And if you're a first time listener, welcome. And we hope that you will enjoy today's podcast and will join us again next week. Well, today's guest is Jim Baker. Jim is the founder of Baker and Lassiter and spent his entire career in the real estate industry. Jim grew up in uh, hateful uh, Georgia, right south of Atlanta, and has watched Atlanta grow over the years. Not only has he watched it grow, he's played a key role in part of that growth through his numerous real estate uh, development projects, which we're going to hear about in just a minute. He's always been very active in the community, serving on state boards. He's been involved in uh, state politics and served on the Atlanta Home Builders Board until he moved from the uh, residential into the commercial sector of real estate. He's a graduate of Clayton State University and also has the distinction of having one of the university's buildings named in recognition uh, of him. So, Jim, it's a privilege to have you join us today and excited to kind of get our conversation started. Good. Glad to be here. I appreciate you having me. Well, this may be a little backward way to kind of start the interview, but I want I want you to start um by talking about some of the developments that you've been involved with. And then we're going to go back and kind of see how you got to that point. But kind of start us off by talking about some of the properties that you've developed in, uh, in the past or are working on now. Cool. Well, uh, in my 52 years, I've actually uh, been able to pretty much touch on all aspects of uh, development. Uh, in my early years, I first five years, I was a uh, uh, a real estate agent, initially selling houses, and then uh, went with Barton and Ludwig uh, in 1972 in the commercial division there in Buckhead. And uh, in 1974 and 75, which was just after the uh, our initial downturn of high interest rates before the 1981 period, uh, I got into the home building business with uh, a guy who was a pretty good sized builder named David Smith here in Atlanta and started building houses. And uh, in 1979, I started in the commercial uh, development business. And at that point, I did a lot of the developments around South Lake Mall. Uh, I did Atlanta Southern Business Park, which is a park we had with about two and a half million square feet in it. And then uh, I started in the uh, uh, apartment uh, business in the um, early 80s. And, and you remember John Williams and Post Properties who had post uh, uh, complexes all over the city. And I was down near the airport. So I started building uh, apartment complexes with uh, complexes with Chase in it. And it was Chase Lake, Chase Village. Uh, we had Chase Woods. Uh, we had Shannon Chase, Chase Lake. Uh, so we started a concept similar to what John had going. And, and in the mid 80s, uh, our federal government changed and, and didn't allow you to have all adult communities anymore. 
uh, we actually uh, started building family complexes. And uh, during 1989, I sold out of the apartment business and stayed in the retail and office side. Uh, today, one of our biggest projects is a, a project called South Point uh, Regional Shopping Center in McDonough. And that center is, uh, as of the end of January, I'll open a BJ's Wholesale Club and we'll have 910,000 square feet in it. So we've done various other shopping centers like Publix and other grocery store centers, but our, our primary uh, area now is, is both in McDonough at South Point and then the Oconee Town Center at Lake Oconee, which will be a, an ongoing 20- uh, or 30-year project. We've uh, built a Home Depot there. We have a new Chick-fil-A, a new hotel, True Hilton Hotel. We're getting ready to do a Longhorn uh, racetrack. Uh, so various commercial aspects that you see pretty much in any suburban area. Uh, but our two main areas to focus in now are just uh, the South Point area and then Oconee Town Center at Lake Oconee. Well, that's impressive. You mentioned John Williams. Uh, I had dinner last night with his original partner, Steve Wisnett, um, who's a good friend of ours. And uh, actually was, we had him on our podcast as well. Well, you've uh, you've certainly attracted the major tenants, which is a key in in your business, and uh, they seem to have followed you around. They know they know a good guy to hook up with. Well, you told me a uh, story a while back that I want you to to, to share and spend some time on. Um, your dad passed away when you were eighteen, and that obviously is a very traumatic time in in your life. And and after his his death, a friend of your dad, a lawyer. Uh, entered your life and kind of started you down the path uh, that led to the success that you just talked about. Tell us about that experience with your dad's friend. Uh, well, that's, that's correct. My dad uh, had been in the automotive industry for uh, his career, uh, and when he died, he was only 53 years old. Um, and this gentleman who was uh, a good friend of his had retired from Atlanta um, and he uh, came back to my dad's funeral. Uh, the week after the funeral, he was still here in Atlanta, and he took me to a, a restaurant, which if any of us are as old as uh, we are, I won't try to put you in the category, but you are, unfortunately, in my, my age uh, category. Uh, but we only had, you know, four or five great restaurants in Atlanta at the time, but one was called Fan and Bills, and it was right there where the uh, Bell Tower was built, now the AT&T, but adjacent to uh, the Biltmore Hotel corner, if you will. Right. And I had never been, having grown up in in Hapeville, uh, I certainly had been to the Dwarf House. Uh, new Chick, uh, Chick-fil-A uh, was uh, certainly uh, growing at that time, or started growing. Uh, I had been a friend of Truett Cathy's. At, I was nine years old when I used to go to the Dwarf House, and he was 39 years old and was a cashier there. But Bottom line was, I go to this restaurant with this uh, B.J. Dantone, and Mr. Dantone uh, at, at dinner uh, shared with me um, uh, a little bit about his life. He asked me what I was going to do with mine, and I told him I had found out that I could draw Social Security death benefits through a friend of my mother's who worked for, for Social Security Administration downtown, and I had a $69 car payment, a Camaro, a new Camaro, and I had no way that I knew how I was going to pay for it. Now, my father had passed and didn't have him providing for me. Um, I ended up enrolling in Clayton Junior College, which had just opened the year before. Uh, a gentleman happened to share with me that he had graduated from Emory University Law School 
1933. And that night I didn't really realize what that meant because I didn't know a lot about the depression. Uh, I then realized that obviously anybody going to Emory in 1933 grew up differently than I did, but he shared with me uh, that if, if he were me uh, and I was looking out into the future that I should consider the real estate business. And so I went home that night, got my dictionary out, read the definition, had no idea what it meant. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it didn't matter. I was almost as if God had spoken with me and uh, I was going to uh, get into the real estate business. So I started at Clayton Junior College in a day school, and I went to night school uh, that same quarter, uh, which was the fall of 1970. And I went to uh, Georgia Institute of Real Estate, got my real estate license uh, about 12 weeks later, and went to work for a company out by the airport that Scott Hudgens and Bob Dishroon had owned called Tri-City Realty. And then, of course, thereafter went to uh, Barton and Ludwig just a, a couple of years later. Uh, but that's what got me started in the real estate business of being interested in it. Uh, Mr. Dan Tone was a prominent lawyer in Atlanta. Uh, he introduced me to people like W.O. Duval, that was the chairman of the Atlanta Federal uh, Bank at the time, and Bill Wainwright, who was the president. And uh, in 1972, uh, through getting to know them, I actually uh, started uh, acquiring bank sites for them and did one there in uh, Clayton County near South Lake Mall area. South Lake had not been developed yet, but in 1972, it was still a growing area. So that's kind of how uh, he helped me then as a mentor uh, continuously until he died, uh, just sharing things with me. And of course, really opened me up to meeting people that otherwise I would have never known, which was, you know, prominent people like Mr. Duval or Mr. Wainwright. Well, introductions and relationships are, uh, they're the key to, to anything. And he obviously got you going in the right direction. And you, you have been doing that for other people since then. You shared with me that, you know, one of your goals was to make money while you sleep. Uh, explain what you meant by that and how you've actually been able to achieve that goal. Well, you know, I, I don't want it to be uh, jestful, but it's 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 true. I tell people often one of the uh, probably the greatest thing that uh, happened for me in my uh, long term career was uh, I worked very hard when I was building homes and sitting on the home builder board. In fact, I was the president uh, in 1981, but I was lucky enough to come along at the time when John Whelan uh, was starting his company. Uh, most uh, residential areas, for people who don't realize that 285 has not always been in Atlanta, uh, a lot of the growth was really south of what we know as downtown Atlanta because you had the uh, Candler warehouses over on Stewart Avenue at the time, which is metropolitan now. Uh, and as you came further south, you had uh, Lakewood General Motors plant. You had the Lakewood uh, area in general. And you had the Ford Motor Plant, and you had the Fort Mac uh, and and Fort Gillum, which were Army bases, both in Clayton County and Fulton County. You know, Tyler Perry now uh, sits in the, uh, the the former facility there, just south of East Point. But that was a lot of growth area, and so housing started in the south side of Atlanta, and really was not greatly north of Atlanta, north of Buckhead, let's say, because we didn't really have transportation to get you there. So, bottom line was, uh, I was fortunate enough to come along when I had people that were, um, you know, friends like John Whelan. Uh, Jerry Kopp, and, and of course, I have a friend that I met through the Home Builders Association, David Chatham, whose father, Chatham Built Homes, was 
largely responsible for the greatness that took place in Buckhead in the 50s and 60s. Sure, sure. And through the, those associations that I that I developed in the Home Builders Association uh, really helped me. I, I worked hard. And your question is, what did I mean? What what do I mean when I say make money while you sleep? Every day we got up, started early. There's a lot of issues when you deal with any kind of construction. The home building business, you deal with all your owners and your buyers and husbands and wives. And I said, gosh, this is a lot to this. And so uh, when the interest rate uh, went one full discount point up in 1979, Paul Volcker in October of 79 moved it 1% on one given day. It's never been before or after. We've come close here recently with three quarters. But uh, uh, to the point, I realized then that I was still a young man and I had a little experience in the construction side. So I was going to start building shopping centers and, and other income properties uh, and, and lease them out so that literally I didn't have to, to work quite as hard with as many people as you do in the home building industry. And I started building uh, uh, an income property network, uh, network of both industrial buildings, shopping centers, and et cetera. And today, that's kind of what we do. So my point about uh, making money while you sleep, uh, for instance, when we have uh, uh, a new restaurant, a Longhorn or a Chick-fil-A, uh, and we own both of those types, uh, you know, once we get it built, uh, they take care of it. It's a net lease, and uh, we can really go to bed and sleep, and they pay us money every month, and it's a pretty nice thing to have. Uh well, that's that is, that is for you know, if you got any openings, I'd like to apply for that job. I just don't want to go through all you had to go through to get to that point. Um, you know, you've you've had the opportunity. Um, well, you know, a lot of people hear the success stories of developers just like you shared. But, you know, a lot of times people don't hear uh, the tough times, the, the stories that uh, situations that either maybe brought somebody down um, and they stayed down or brought them down and they had to fight to get their careers back up uh, going again. I know because of your length of time in the construction and development side, you've had some lows to go along with your highs. What were some of the times that, man, you said, gosh, how am I going to get through this? Well, there, there's been many. Um, you know, uh, first of all, uh, when you start out early on, you don't realize that uh, we used to get what was called 35-month loans is really 36 months and less because uh, you didn't want to pay intangible tax. Intangible tax was $3 a thousand. And when you were borrowing uh, a few million dollars, uh, you didn't want to spend that extra money and you'd refinance it within that period of time or renew it. Uh, unfortunately, as we got closer to the resolution trust days, which were in the late 80s, early 90s, you found that banks uh, were not in position to renew your loans. They had guidelines by the federal government that they had to adhere to. And all of a sudden, sometimes you got caught with your uh, with your pants down, meaning didn't have a place to go to refinance. So those were very, very difficult times, especially if you owed uh, several million dollars or millions of dollars that you, you uh, couldn't replace. Uh, so you had to learn your way, and it was tough. We've had uh, battles over the years, and... Uh, that certainly has taught me not to be uh, selfish enough that it's a good insurance policy to go ahead and get a longer term loan and <laughs> always pay it off. But uh, it's not easy to always get one. And we've experienced that it probably is in, in the last turn down of 07, 08 and 09, when I call it the world came to an end. 
is an example of, of making sure you got uh, good financing uh, on your property so that you don't run into that issue. I know often uh, people will see a development like uh, if you go to South Point and, and you see 900,000 square feet sitting there with tenants in it. Uh, I have Macy's, I have Penny's, I have Kohl's, I've, I've got Academy. We've got all the major um, name brands that you can imagine that didn't come easy. It took a, a number of years to, to, to build that. And uh, out at Lake Oconee, I built the Home Depot there at the exit uh, in Greensboro. Opened it in, uh, in 2006, October 2006. I did not have another development or, or store or business come there until just four years ago. And wow. I, had, I had moved a million yards of dirt and spent a lot of money uh, just to sit on the sideline for all those years. It now is a, it, we're building a, a Longhorn, uh, a racetrack petroleum. We got uh, uh, another Holiday Inn Express coming in. I've got a Starbucks that I'm building. So now it's active the way I had hoped it had been 16 years ago, but it wasn't because that was when the beginning of the downturn. So I say it this way. A lot of people uh, always tell me, boy, you've been an overnight success. Now, they don't realize I've been at this for 52 years, but I tell people uh, that uh, when they think of the overnight success, I agree. It just takes about 25 or 30 years for the down night to get to us. And Boom. <laughs> well, you know, uh, in, in any business, everything is going well until life happens. And it's how you respond when that happens that determines the quality of the rest of, the, of your life. You've had uh, an opportunity to get to know some really distinguished people who, you know, stood out in their particular areas of, uh, of uh, expertise. And we don't have time to talk about all of them, but I do want you to share the story of getting to know J.B. Fuqua and share a little bit about his background for those that might know, not might not know, you know, what what kind of a business icon he was. Good. Well, Mr. Fuqua really is probably one of the most prominent uh, uh, success stories of a person that I've met in my lifetime. And I met Mr. Fuqua 35 years ago. He gave a... Uh, uh, keynote speech at the college at State uh, Clayton State University, and um, I had been close to the president of the university. And after Mr. Fuqua gave his speech, we had about fifteen or twenty local leaders uh, that went into the president's uh, uh, suite and uh, and got to meet him personally. I went up to Mr. Fuqua. I was by far the youngest. There were probably uh, men that were in that room that were 55 to 65 years old, and I was 35 years old. And I went up to Mr. Fuqua and I said, Mr. Fuqua, my name is Jim Baker. I uh, actually went to school here, and I have been uh, always impressed of, of, of you and what you've done in business. He owned the Snapper Manufacturing Facility in McDonough, which was south of the college at that time. And he also owned a number of other businesses, but Mr. Fuqua was a state representative in the mid-50s mid of the state of Georgia, and ultimately became a senator in the state of Georgia uh, in the early 60s. But he was largely responsible for helping Carl Sanders become our governor because Mr. Fuqua was in a, lived in Augusta. He owned television stations, and he owned uh, many businesses and was very, very successful at what he did. And so I, I asked him, I said, Mr. Fuqua, would there be a way that I could – possibly come and, and see you. I'd be happy to pay you for 
uh, half hour to an hour of your time. I just, I have nothing to sell you. I know that you don't know if I'm significant or insignificant. I, I just would love to be able to talk to you and, and ask you some questions. He shared with me, he pulled a card out of his pocket. He gave it to me and he said, Jim, uh, now I'm five foot six and Mitch Fuqua was six foot or above. And he uh, pointed his finger down to my chest and said, Jim, you are, and took his thumb back to his chest and said, I am uh, a person equal to everyone we've ever met. Uh, I can't afford not to meet you. And I thought, wow, how Dale Carnegie is that? But I certainly took him up and thought that that was uh, very gracious of him uh, because basically, well, I, I can't classify my one meeting with J.B. Fuqua as having been my uh, my mentor for years. He certainly was a mentor to me in that one meeting that I had with him. But as you know, Duke University Business School is named after him. If you go around Atlanta, you'll go to Piedmont Hospital and find out that you got the Fuqua Heart Center. You'll also uh, see Fuqua Botanical Gardens. Uh, he's given millions of dollars to, uh, to, to areas in Atlanta and, and, and around, but certainly was a prominent person. And for him to tell me uh, that story of we're all products equal to everyone we've ever met is real important because uh, as you, you may have heard me say before, and at some point, if you hadn't, I hope to, that you, you allow me now, I try to share with young people and, and all people a Bible verse, which is Proverbs 13, 20. And after I met Mr. Fuqua, it was many years later, later that I landed on that verse and connected uh, to his thoughts. But uh, it says, whoever walks with the wise shall become wise and companion of fools suffer harm. Uh, it's about your peer group. It's about who your friends are. It's about who you associate with. And even though I only got to associate with Mr. Fuqua at that one particular time in my life, I call on his points to me and thinking about that Bible verse that I happen to, you know, correlate with it and realize uh, that's how you get places in, in this world is, is striving to be with successful people that can help you and mentor you and, and guide you. And so uh, he's a very important part of, of my life. Well, that one statement uh, was a powerful statement. Uh, you had shared that with me once before, and I did go back and look up that verse as well. And uh, it certainly has resonated with me since you first shared it. Well, I, I want to ask you one more question as we kind of wrap up here. Um, I, I tend to like to ask this and, and kind of see how people react. But um, you've had a lot of success. But if you were looking back, uh, is there a time in your life or something that was going on that you'd like to have a do over? Well, you know, there's many times I have thought about that, and more more particularly, it's the times when I've just found out that I wish I hadn't done something <laughs> during while I was doing it. But the fact of the matter is, Jack, uh, I don't think I would change any of my uh, my difficult times uh, because those are the educational parts of, uh, of learning that have probably helped helped me from not making the same mistake are certainly giving me an experience to know that uh, what I really want to be doing. Uh, I got into the golf course uh, development business uh, a number of years ago. And when Tiger Woods was coming on the scene, I 
bought a couple of golf courses, uh, developed a golf course, and I had been involved uh, with J.T. Williams in the development of Eagles Landing and the overall uh, area there in Henry County. And, and certainly um, I spent a lot of money and a lot of time on, on developing golf courses when I really realized I wish I'd spent less money and more time on playing golf. And so <laughs> that is an area that I do know that I probably spent a lot of time, but it also uh, uh, was one of the aspects of development that I learned that that's not what I want to be doing. And so you learn from your, your mishaps or mistakes. I hate to call them mistakes because they're really educational. And so I don't know that I would do anything over. I'm, I'm proud to have been blessed uh, with with just what little success I have had. There are many, many people that are, are far more successful than I have been. But I can tell you, uh, meeting people, uh, even yourself and others that you and I know together. Um, uh, I know uh, you, you've had speakers on your uh, podcast that, that I've uh, listened to and Sonny Newton comes to mind and I've known Sonny since he came to Chick-fil-A because I was close to Truett Cathy and and I have it's just so many great people that we learn from and so that's why when you call on me to ask me about, about this podcast I was very pleased to be part of it because uh, you certainly have a repertoire of people who have been before me much greater than I uh, and it's really great for young people and older people but my goal in life is to really help young people. Well, Jim, you know, I've got one of my belief statements. That I believe in um, I'm going to be judged not by the situations and conditions I find myself in, but rather how I respond to them. You know, sometimes we make bad decisions and create situations. Sometimes other people make decisions that create situations for us. And sometimes life just happens. And uh, the only thing I can control is, is how I respond to them. And you can either be a student or you can be a victim and have a pity party and invite all your friends. But uh, it's really an education, as you just mentioned, when you know when you go through adversity, make it a learning experience. Well, Jim, listen, th thank you so much for, for being with us today. Uh, what you've been able to accomplish is, is really amazing. And uh, I know it's rewarding for you, uh, you know, to drive around and see the impact of your work in so many areas of Metro Atlanta and, and all the lives that you've impacted uh, through sharing your story. So I really appreciate you being with us today. Listen, it's been a pleasure. It's always good to talk with you, Jack. Well, as we wrap up another Knowledge Cast episode, a special thanks to, to each of you for making us part of your day. And I hope that uh, you'll want to join us again next week for another interesting guest. And until then, make it your goal this week to be a positive influence in the lives of others. <laughs>